Before we get into this week's show, I want to give you the three challenges for the month of June. Please know that these are not sponsors, but just friends that we support, so helping them helps us. The first challenge is to go watch Dead Drift on Amazon Prime. You don't need to be an Amazon Prime member to watch Dead Drift, so please go watch it, then come back and post in the comments what you think. Our second challenge for the month of June is to go try Glenn Morangi Quinta Raban 12 year and let us know what you think. If you are in Western Washington, it is available at Louis G's in Fife. So go take a few sips, then post in the comments what you think. We want to hear from you on this. The third and final challenge for the month of June is to go to thewhiskeypeople.com for all your whiskey education needs. No matter if you want to be a server at a restaurant that knows what they're talking about, a bartender extraordinaire, an entrepreneur starting your own distillery, or just a whiskey snob that needs to know more, this is the place to get your education and become a true whiskey nerd. Now, on with the show. Welcome to another episode of Nerds Drink Whiskey. Uh, always sip, never slam. Uh, we have this uh, whiskey that I'm going to attempt to pronounce. Uh, Uskerbach? Mm, no. Okay. How do you pronounce it? <laughs> Uskerbach. Uskerbach. Okay. Uh, this is aged 15 years. This is a uh, Scotch Highland. Uh, this is uh, 86. Uh, not sure who got 86, but uh, this whiskey has been 86. Uh, so, uh, uh, yeah, uh, we're going to try it, but uh, I think you have an introduction to this. Absolutely. Uh, whiskey, as we call it, actually it came from this Gaelic word called huskeba, which is the water of life. And that's the actual translation in Gaelic of whiskey. Uh, many people have uh, asked, well, where did whiskey come from? And uh, some people think it was Scotland, and others think it was Ireland, and... and uh, the, the public knowledge of it is that the Irish invented whiskey and the Scottish perfected it. Okay, uh, it was brought to Ireland uh, by monks after the Second Holy War. Uh, the Saracens or the Muslims had invented distillation uh, as a way of making perfume, as you know they don't drink. Uh, and uh, then, of course, you take anything of a distillate to Ireland; they know to put it in a barrel and age it and call it whiskey or huskaba. It's the water of life. And when you look at its first uses, it was to uh, embolden and provide for bravery in, in the Irish uh, warriors before they went out to a fight. So the, the Irish kings used to hold this as a secret weapon. And uh, they, instead of drinking heavily the night before, you'd get a shot before you, you know, swing a blade and go out and, and do a better job not feeling pain. Uh, when you when you looked at its migration to Scotland, okay, then you saw where it became more of an art rather than a tool, okay, uh, and as a result you saw the Scottish 
uh, culture take it a slightly different direction than the Irish. Uh, and you'll see that they were the first organizations, uh, their distilleries were the first ones that under British or English rule provide for its taxation, okay, and allowed for the, uh, the whiskey to become publicly acceptable as opposed to just a, um, a tool of the royals. And not to say that the Irish didn't do the same thing at a similar time. But that's the story of the origin of whiskey. It was originally Islamic perfume. So I'm just going <laughs> to... That's right. Now, Uskaba, by the way, this particular whiskey is a 15-year blend. And what that means is that it's a combination of single malts from the Highland area, none of which is less than 15 years old. Less than. So, in other words, this 15-year... Is the youngest. It could have a 20-year... Yep, yeah. exactly. Okay. So that, and that's, that's pretty typical with blended is, is uh, usually the age on a blended is uh, whatever, the, whatever the youngest is. That's right. Okay. Yeah. And now, does that uh, does that also uh, transfer over to uh, if somebody has like a single malt or, or an American whiskey? Is that is that is that standard pretty across over the? the I, I can speak to the Scottish standard as being very strict. Uh, I say the okay. American standard is also very strict. Okay. Uh, and so is the Irish. But I would say that it, you know, outside of those regions, the labeling standards can vary quite a bit. Okay. All right. Uh, well, we're gonna we're going to uh, give a sample of this. Puskaba. 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 Okay. Takes practice. Right. So uh, we're gonna take a sample of this and uh, let you know what we think. Uh, so uh, dark helmet, do your thing. Ludicrous speed. <gasps> say it was uh, uh, very sweet on the tongue uh, initial taste uh, the sweetness stayed with you a little longer than than with the uh, uh, the Ben Nevis um, uh, the finish uh, still feel felt like uh, I'm not sure if it needed uh, another distillation or, or a little more uh, cask time um, 15 years should be enough cask time so I'm assuming uh, I'm assuming maybe another distillation and uh, maybe there's a little too much rye in the, in the mash? No, this is no strictly rye? barley, 100%. Strictly barley, okay. Yeah. Again, I think you like so. that clean, uh, heavily distilled uh, type of finish. Okay. And this again, uh, wasn't designed that way. Yeah. Uh, these are all single malts and that means single malt barleys and that means uh, they were also all pot stilled. So we didn't have a continuous still involved. And as a result, you're going to have some texture. Yep. Um, what do you think of the? Well, let's let's listen to Gabe maybe a little okay. bit first before I go into words. Personally, I really, really, really like the fruity sweetness on the tongue right at first taste. Very, you know, like very, um, you know, broad on it. At least as far as I can tell, I can't pin down any particular fruit, but it's just. Very, very clean, very, very nice flavor to it. The bite and the finish on that is much more smooth on this one than the last one. Mm -hmm. I'm very surprised uh, because um, for me having even, you know, more expensive blended whiskey, I haven't had anything that with a bare minimum of 15 years at its youngest. So that was just very surprising and very, very, uh, you know, I was very, very pleasantly surprised by this. The kind of fruit that I'd use uh, from my, what I experienced, 
is an apricot caramel type of front end. Okay, and no floral element that I could pinpoint. Um, it does have a nice charcoalish uh, element to it as part of the blend. Uh, I don't felt I did not feel it had any kind of iodine, medicinal, seaweed type thing going on at all. Um, it's a simpler whiskey, okay, in some ways, in that it didn't wander all over the flavor palette. Uh, it does have a wetter finish, which for some people can be a bit of a challenge, especially if you like a something that's a little more distilled. It's gonna, it's not gonna get off your tongue quickly, and that can sometimes be annoying for some, especially on a sweeter whiskey, where that sweetness can turn sour as, as the sugars uh, mature. So, okay, cool. Uh, so, uh, what's the uh what will people find if people want to check this out? How much will that's an expensive bottle? It's uh, between ninety and one hundred and ten, depending on where you go to get it. Okay. Um, I, I think I had to go to California on that one for in the ninety area. So, okay. Um, okay. but uh, so unless uh, you're a really big fan of Highland Scotch, uh, this is definitely not a beginner Highland by any means. Right. This is yeah. uh, probably one of the more interesting blends that's out there. It's not typically available. Uh, affordably, uh, actually, I remember I didn't go to California. Actually, this one was shipped in from London because everybody else was charging you well even more than that. Uh, it, it, it's an unusual flavor profile for Americans too. I'd suggest that if it was more popular, it'd be more available at a lower price point. So this may be a way of experiencing their culture. All you Scotch drinkers are slacking. If you buy more of this, the price will come down here, here on, on this side of the pond. It definitely yeah. should, though, um, that's so just for my affordability. It's, it's, uh, it's interesting, like if you served this in a blind taste test, mm -hmm. uh, and people didn't know what it was, or didn't know the story behind it, didn't know the price on it, uh, and put this up against uh, some 20 and $30 whiskeys, uh, I'd... I think a lot of people would find this very comparable. I mean, there, there's, uh, um, I, I mean, think that there's a lack. I mean, this thing's clearly aged. That that yeah. you can pick up on. There's no, um, again, none of the turpentine, lighter fluid. No, 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 none. And there's, I think it's looking at what people enjoy differently. I mean, again, I think there are bourbons for a bourbon drinker who are going to be more popular and more affordable, whereas. For a scotch drinker, okay, this is actually a pretty decent profile. Canadian blends, for example, target a very limited, narrow profile, okay, Old Forester, Crown Royal, and such, the, or, uh, excuse me, not Old Forester, that's a bourbon, but there's a variation, there's a Canadian name that's similar. But there's uh, some Canadian blends that all taste kind of the same, because they're all super sweet. And very heavy on the pancake syrup. And, I mean, and, it's, and it's straight old school pancake syrup. Pancake syrup the, the, with yeah. bananas and a little bit of spice, maybe, is, is the Canadian profile. Well, well the spice is, uh, Canadians are really big on the rye. Yeah, uh, it, absolutely. It's, it's, yeah, so they have a lot of rye in Canadian, and, and it's not quite full rye, but it, but there's a there's definitely a rye contingent in the magical. Whereas when you go to the barley world of scotch, okay, you have a broad spectrum of flavors. There's very rarely, you know, um, whether it be Johnny Walker or Dewar's, okay, uh, or Uskaba, you have huge variation in flavor just between those three blends, okay? And so I look at the scotch or the barley world 
as, as, as more of an art, more of an expression, as opposed to a, a popularity contest, okay? And so, yeah, there should be as many people that don't like it as people that do, depending on. Um, bourbon enjoys a tremendous variety of flavor, right? Um, because you have so many variations in the mash bill, 51% corn is the minimum requirement. After that, anything goes. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, that allows for a tremendous variation. Anything from E.H. Taylor all the way to a Buffalo Trace product. You couldn't think of a, a wider variation with all that in between and then some. But again, for example, I'm not a fan of Buffalo Trace, whereas most people are. You see? But again, I am a scotch drinker who dabbles in bourbon, rye, and all the other stuff. Dabbles being a loosely interpreted term. But you're a, probably a, more of a bourbon rye guy who would dabble in scotch and is waking up to Irish. I mean, that's... Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, now, I, wanna, I, wanna, I do want to bring up one word that you used, because I think it's a, a very important word when it comes to whiskey, is uh, you referred to these as uh, an expression. And I think that's a very important word for us to remember, because uh, that that emphasizes the point that it's an expression it is it is uh this is an artist's rendering of yeah. what whiskey means it and should so be. so when you when you talk about when you get to a certain level of whiskey uh beyond your jack daniels beyond your uh even beyond your maker's mark or or your uh uh what is it bullet that, that all the the the, the, the wannabe highfalutin restaurants have um so uh is once you start getting beyond that um, the, the beyond that first initial layer of whiskey, uh, it is an artist's rendering. This is this is an artistic thing. This is something that somebody has taken passion for. And, and when you talk to some of these independent distillers, uh, they are very passionate about what they do, and they take it very personal. Just as somebody who is painting or or making a sculpture or or anything else or telling a story in a graphic novel. These are people who take what they do very seriously and are very passionate about it, and it is an artist's expression. And so uh, I, I think it's very important that we, we remember that that's how we refer to these different types of whiskeys as is an expression. And uh, I don't think we emphasize that word on this show enough, so I wanted to kind of highlight I'm glad that. you did. Yeah. And again, how I think it's a great parallel because, again, there's people that look at uh, um, art very differently. You have... Uh, you know, the great masters of, of art that everybody recognizes, uh, Michelangelo, for example. And then you, you could see somebody uh, in an exhibit or a gallery in New York uh, with, you know, duct tape and a pile of diapers and calling that art. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, speaking of art, uh, this is an artist who, who I know me and Gabe are probably fans of, but a lot of people out there have probably never heard of him. But there's a band uh, out of Santa Cruz, California called Suicidal Tendencies. Uh, they have a song, and the lyrics are, are one of the lines from the song is, uh, "Just because you don't understand it, don't mean it make don't make no sense, and just because you don't like it, don't mean it ain't no good." Uh, That's it, it's, applicable. It's, That's yeah, absolutely it's, applicable. It's it's uh, that that is whiskey. Uh, uh, if you don't, there are so many different types of whiskeys. As you see, we've had so many episodes of the show, uh, and we barely had a repeat. Uh, just because you don't like one kind of whiskey doesn't mean you don't like whiskey just because you have an opinion of one kind of scotch doesn't mean you don't like scotch just because you have one kind of bourbon doesn't mean you don't, you don't like bourbon uh, one thing about this show though I want you to learn is that uh, that it is such it's such a deep subject um, and uh, we want you to learn about 
how deep this subject is and how much there is to learn and how much there is to experience. Uh, and so uh, please keep that in mind. And uh, unless anybody has any closing comments, I think we can close this episode out. Well, number so, one, uh, always keep your mind open when it comes to whiskey because as Tracy and anybody else who actually starts to learn about this stuff goes, the well runs deep with knowledge when it comes to the world of whiskey. Yep. And finally, please like, comment, and subscribe for more. We'll see you guys later.